More Than a Movie is back with season two. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. Stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. Welcome to today's edition of the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show podcast. Welcome in, everybody. Friday edition of the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show. And we have quite, quite an extravaganza planned for everybody today. Um, for one thing, you know they've now put out an Axios, a five-point plan for how Donald Trump plans to go after Ron DeSantis, who... Is not yet even a candidate for president. When I will talk a bit about which ones of these we think are likely to hit, which ones are probably going to be a swing and a miss. So that's going to be interesting. Also, Columbia University, the first uh, university of its kind, certainly the first Ivy League school, to drop SAT and ACT scores entirely. You may have seen this. I think we all know what that's all about. I think we understand what the situation is. We will discuss that. And also, um, a lot of these ads, by the, or rather these uh, articles, Clay, that they're writing about the situation of Florida is specifically um, an inadvertent advertisement for Florida, it seems. Have you seen some of these? If oh, Ron yeah. DeSantis gets his way, Florida will become some kind of right-wing paradise. You go, oh, wow. That sounds kind of great, actually. Sign sign me up for that. Oh, and also a Hershey's chocolate campaign involving a trans woman that I uh, would like to, we would like to speak to you about here coming up in a few minutes. But first up today, you know, we talked to you a lot about crime here on the show. And Mayor Lori Lightfoot, I think it's important to note that she didn't just lose, she got crushed. Smoked. She was... She was repudiated. Don't listen to the the narrative around uh, that the libs pr- put forward on this stuff, right? Don't don't listen to what they're trying to say. Lori Lightfoot was repudiated by her own previous voters. There are people in Chicago who are saying Lori Lightfoot's going to be great, and then it was, oh my God, she's horrible at her job. We have to get rid of her. Okay, so there's a little bit of a concern here. That's a that's a harbinger, perhaps, of things to come. That's a little bit of an indicator, right? So that brings us to the D.C. crime bill, Clay. I think it's very interesting that right now uh, you have Joe Biden, who has come forward to say that he will not. Well, l- let me step back to explain what's going on. The D.C. Council passed a crime bill that would eliminate a lot of mandatory sentences, lower penalties for Violent offenses, including carjackings and robberies, carjacking uh, assailants are just not just not being or rather they, they should be punished more. I'm sorry, less severely. I'm trying to get this right uh, than they have in the past. So they're not getting the second chances that they deserve over and over and over again. Um, the D.C. City Council unanimously approved this. And. Uh, now you have the Republican, because D.C. is a federal protectorate, the Republican Congress, and now the Republican 
uh, Republican Party in Congress, and then with the help of some Democrats in the Senate, have passed a block of this D.C. crime bill. And Joe Biden has come forward, Clay, to say he will not veto the Republican-led veto of the D.C. soft-on-crime bill. What's this telling you? So for people out there who don't realize or haven't thought much about it, because a lot of people don't think about Washington, D.C. and what laws and regulations they can or cannot pass, Congress has the ability to oversee every promulgation of a rule or law that occurs in D.C., and they have an oversight board. And if they decide they don't like what D.C. is doing, they can overturn those laws, those regulations inside of the District of Columbia. They haven't done it, Buck, in 30 years. And you lived in D.C. I lived in D.C. On, I believe it's still there, every D.C. license plate, it actually says taxation without representation because there's been this argument in D.C. We need to be made the 51st state. We need two senators. We need our our congressperson who can actually have a full realm of uh, congressional responsibilities. I think there's 700,000 people who live in Washington, D.C., if I'm not mistaken, in the District of Columbia right now. So, Buck, uh, we talked earlier this week, I believe, Right now, murder is up 40% in Washington, D.C. so far in 2023. Crime in carjackings, I think, and car theft is up over 100%, I believe, is the number so far in 2023. And so what you've got is, and I think it ties in very well with this Lori Lightfoot race, you've got Democrats who are aware that defund the police, a.k.a. the single dumbest political slogan of the 21st century, is a massive issue for them. And so you said yesterday, I think it's true, and we've said it before on this program, Biden did never endorse defund the police, specifically. He actually fought back against it, which is to his credit, because this thing was crazy on the left wing in his party. And now a lot of Democrats that are in competitive districts, either in the House or in Senate races, are saying we cannot be seen as soft on crime. We can't get Lori light-footed. And so Republicans are leading the charge, and this soft on crime bill in D.C. is going to be repealed. Joe Biden is not going to veto it. This is a big win, the first big win, I would say, uh, in terms of legislation for Republicans since they took back the House. Without that level of of, uh, top cover from the party, without Joe Biden... Saying, yeah, fine, you know, we're, we're gonna, we're gonna stop this and have DC pass its soft on crime. The DC council pass its soft on crime bill. This is a, a signal to other Democrats. You're gonna have to get, if you're in a competitive, competitive district or a competitive race anywhere in the country going into 2024, you better get on board with public safety. Yes. This, this whole, oh, let's just, let's just defund police. And and pass bills that anybody who reads them or pass laws that anybody who reads them understands just makes it easier for for criminals to do what they're doing. Uh, if you do that as a Democrat, and you're in a competitive place. Democrats not going to be able to save you. Democrat machinery is not going to be able to kick in. So it's get with the program time for a lot of them in these competitive areas. Uh, and by the way, for Joe Biden, too, for his no reelection, uh, he recognizes that. And this is why I've said this very early on, and I think it's very important for the GOP to understand this. We're not, even though Biden has done a lot of things that you would have gotten from a Bernie Sanders presidency or an AOC presidency, even though he has pushed a lot of far left stuff from the White House, that was then, this is now, you're going to start to see a move toward the center. Not that Biden is a centrist, but you'll see movements toward the center to protect his flank, so to speak, from some of the attacks that would come from the far left craziness. Because in a general election, that stuff is going to be a real liability. I mean, just given the amount of focus, attention, uh, voter engagement and, and crime is something that Democrats cannot they cannot defend what they were saying in 2020. They cannot defend it. So they're just going to pretend like they didn't say it. And Joe Biden's going to be a big part of that, which also means I think he's going to be a challenge to uh, to defeat. 
because he's going to say, oh, well, I never did that. That was other that was other people. I support cops. Now, that's bull crap. But the truth is, a lot of people will say, well, I guess he wasn't a defund police guy. I think what you're seeing also is who's the political candidate who has run the best campaign on crime so far since Joe Biden became president? I think it's Lee Zeldin. Uh, Lee Zeldin basically won Republicans the House by maniacally focusing on the crime issues in New York City in particular. He flipped a lot of Hispanic, Asian, and black voters over to the Republican Party who would have never voted Republican before because of the frustration surrounding crime. And so I think if you combine what Lee Zeldin did in New York City and what we now have seen in Chicago, Buck, and even in L.A. when Karen Bass won, she basically won on, we've got to clean up L.A., we've got to do something with this homelessness problem, we've got to do uh, address all of the crime that's going on here. I think Democrats are a little bit terrified of this. Because when Lori Lightfoot Buck goes from winning 73% of the vote for mayor in 2019 in Chicago, she won all 50 wards, she won all but 20 individual precincts, over 2,000 of them she won, and 83% of people voted against her in Chicago on Tuesday. Now, we'll see who wins that runoff race, but the guy who is favored to win it is a tough-on-crime Democrat who is probably as close to a Republican as Chicago is willing to consider electing right now. And everybody out there, their antenna have gone up because I don't think abortion is going to be an issue. And, and let me explain what I mean by that, and I think you agree with me, Buck. In 2022, I do think abortion was an issue. I think most people are not seeing what Democrats told them they would see where you feel like you're under siege in your state all of a sudden over abortion. I don't think it registers that much with oh, many people. Their best shot to use abortion as a wedge issue in favor of the Democrats was this last election cycle. From here on out, actually, it's going to be tougher and tougher because they're going to be the ones saying, yeah, you know, partial birth abortion and third trimester abortions. And and, uh, they're going to have to explain at a state level because people are going to say, no, there actually is abortion is legal in some of these states. It's much less legal in other states. Uh, You know, it depends. Obviously, there's a huge range. Um, But now that more and more people will be exposed to what the reality of a post row world is, I think it becomes uh, I mean, there's still going to be a lot of fights at the state level about where yes. those boundaries should be set. But at a, nas- at a national level, there's not going to be any ability to get away with abortions basically illegal now because that's just not it's not true. Um, you know, I wish it were, but it's not true. So here we are um, looking at where Democrats are going to be most vulnerable. It's tough to it's tough to know on the economy. And I know right now people are saying, oh, my gosh, but look at where. Yeah, but how is it going to be 12 months from now? Because even if it's not great, if it if it's a credible case to be made that things are getting a little bit better, they're going to say, you know, the work's not done and we're in recovery. So it's tough to get ahead of what the economic um, dynamics will be for the election now because we just don't know. Crime, though, has been a multi-year. This has been a multi, really multi-decade, but certainly multi-year progression of the progressives to get it. I mean, the D.C. City Council, are these people crazy? Yes. You, you wonder. Given what's going on in D.C., I mean, you mentioned carjacking. Carjacking is different from car theft. Carjacking is, give me your car or I'll murder you. Yes. This is a violent I mean, when, crime. They're, they're bring, think about, they, they think carjackers are, are being too harshly punished. There are more carjackers now than D.C. seen in decades. Think about how tough it is, given how much crime has already gone up, particularly murder, to suddenly be up 40% more on murders in 2022. And uh, I think you're right. The crime issue is going to resonate. And this is Biden's attempt to inoculate himself in some way. And certainly if you're Joe Manchin or you are yeah. running in Montana or you're running in Ohio, there are a lot well, of Democrats who know that this is a vulnerability for them. Let, let's bring this home to, okay, this isn't because we obviously we're talking about a country 300 and 300 and I don't know, with all the illegals now, probably 340 million people. Um, but you think about where will this matter? This narrative we're talking about today. Why is Joe Biden willing to take heat from his own party? And, you know, AOC and others are out there. Oh, my gosh, this is D.C. Also, notice they always do this. They're not really arguing on the merits of what's going on. The Democrat argument isn't, no, this this let carjackers out of prison sooner bill is a great idea. That's not what they're saying. 
they're saying, oh, but home rule for D.C. or whatever it is. You know, D.C. should yeah. be able to, you know, control itself, which is not actually, as you already explained, not actually the way it works. Um, usually it's allowed to, but it doesn't mean it gets to. It's a different thing. Look at uh, Wisconsin, Michigan. Look at the suburbs of Milwaukee. Uh, look at the suburbs of and, you know, redder areas of Detroit. Look at Georgia and the suburbs of Atlanta. These are places where the crime narrative oh, yeah. moves the needle. And those are states for, for suburban swing voters, for suburban college-educated voters, for, you know, for soccer moms in the burbs. The crime thing does move the needle, and it does it in key states, and Democrats know it. So paying attention to what worries them is very good, meaning worries Democrats, is, is very good politics. My friends out there who are fellow gun owners, you got to have a Mantis X. It is amazing. It's the no ammo, all electronic way to improve your shooting accuracy. This training tool attaches to your firearm like a weapon light. You connect via Bluetooth to your phone, open your Mantis X app, and away you go. I have one, and I'm telling you, it's already helped me, and I'm getting better rounds downrange at the range, uh, better rounds downrange when I go to the gun range because of it. It's super convenient when you're pressed for time, but it allows you to keep your skills sharp anywhere. Office, home, you name it. Mantis X gives you data-driven, real-time feedback on your technique and guides you through drills and courses. Nearly everyone using it improves within 20 minutes. Another bonus is the money you'll save on ammo, which has gotten really expensive. Product is being used by U.S. military and special forces. It's military-grade technology at an affordable price. Start improving your shooting accuracy today. Get yours at MantisX.com. That's M-A-N-T-I-S-X.com. Inspiring you to seek out the truth. The Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. The stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong strong and getty show to start listening more than a movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast and this time with a lot more movies i'm your host alex fumero and each week i'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies from the godfather andy garcia he has the smarts of Vito, the temper of sunny the warmth of fredo and the coldness of michael to the og spy kid alexa penavega you had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carmen and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to more than a movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose Podcast. On Purpose is dedicated to helping you be happier, healthier, and more healed. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how he got comfortable with fear, navigating the changes in relationships, and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. This conversation shows a never-seen-before side to Orlando Bloom and his unique life journey. I think we all struggle sometimes to really deeply believe that we are enough, that we're valued, that we're valuable. You know, we're imprinted by our parents from the age of zero to seven, right? Mm. I'm constantly trying to go like, how do I detach from my, from this idea of what, do, is, that, is that my baggage? I look like my baggage. I mean, I know, Okay, that's mine. Let's unpack that. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back in, Clay Travis, Buck Sexton Show. Appreciate all of you hanging out with us. Only guest this Friday, Congressman Mike Gallagher of Wisconsin, Chairman of the Select Committee on the Chinese Communist Party, also member of the House Armed Services and Intelligence Committees. He served for seven years on active duty in the United States Marine Corps, including two deployments in Iraq. All of that is impressive. You represent Green Bay, Wisconsin. Biggest question for you, 
What in the world is Aaron Rodgers going to do? I'm envious of this uh, darkness retreat. I, I can't yeah. use that after a week. A week in Congress, it'd be nice to tune out all of the, the lights and just go into the dark. But I don't know. I mean, if he wants to come back, I suspect he's coming back. But uh, you hear all sorts of rumors online. You probably have more intel on this than I do, Clay. Uh, okay, so, and I ran into you, by the way, in the Fox News uh, lobby, and we were talking about the, the Aaron Rodgers situation. I think he was in the middle of the darkness retreat. I don't even know if Buck even knows. Aaron Rodgers went, Buck, for three days, I think it was, to a place of total darkness. You could not see anything in an effort to try to get in touch with his inner thoughts and make decisions about his life. He's an interesting dude. Uh, but, Congressman, you guys are finally putting the screws to China, and thank you for the work that you're doing one of the things that's most impressive, I would say, is it does feel like there's suddenly some bipartisan momentum to try to stand up to China. What's the goal of your committee hearings, and do you feel that momentum in terms of finally standing up to China? Maybe there's starting to be some momentum there. You know, I do feel like one of the most remarkable and underreported stories of the last six years has been that even uh, the biggest critics of the Trump administration on the left haven't dismantled or disagreed with the core tenets of the massive shift we've made on China during the Trump administration. I mean, this was the biggest shift in U.S. foreign policy since the end of the Cold War. And though Republicans and Democrats have some meaningful disagreements, we're just not going back to the status quo before that. Now, a lot of that is because of the threatening behavior we've seen out of General Secretary Xi Jinping himself. It's as if for the people on Wall Street or K Street or in the C-suite of major Fortune 500 companies in America – who desperately want to go back to the old world in which we just seek profit from China and ignore their threatening behavior, Xi Jinping won't let them do that. So I do think that's important. Now, the goal of our committee is to build off that bipartisan foundation and advance meaningful policy and legislation in this Congress that helps us better defend our sovereignty from CCP aggression, which gets to the second goal. It's to communicate to our colleagues and the American people why this matters. Why should anybody care about the threat posed by the CCP? And I would argue this isn't a distant over there threat. It's not about some obscure territorial claim in the South and East China Seas. It is a right here at home threat. And I'm not just talking about a Chinese spy balloon. After I bumped into you in New York, we went to the site of an illegal CCP police station in the heart of Manhattan in Chinatown that was being used to harass and surveil Chinese dissidents on American soil, Chinese students. We went up to a group uh, to meet with a group of students at Columbia. They've been harassed and physically assaulted by CCP sympathizers. So this is a global competition, and it's a matter of defending our sovereignty from a hostile, genocidal communist regime. We're speaking to Congressman Mike Gallagher of Wisconsin. Congressman, what it feels like we've gotten to a place where the understanding of the threat China poses is certainly... Um, much more widespread than it was before Trump, for example. And you rightly point out that a lot of what Trump tried to do in reorienting um, U.S. policy vis-a-vis China has been continued by the Biden administration in some ways, at least on trade. Um, What does doing the right things to deal with the threat of China look like? What are the things we're supposed to do? It's one thing to understand the problem. What do we do about the problem? I think the most important thing, if we want to prevent World War III, if we want to deter aggression, is to put hard power in Xi Jinping's path before he is tempted to try and invade Taiwan by force. I think that's the biggest lesson of the failure of deterrence in Ukraine, where we signaled weakness repeatedly, and of course we signaled weakness in Afghanistan, and Vladimir Putin thought he could take advantage of us, and he invaded the country, and the cost has been enormous in terms of blood and treasure. We don't want to see a similar collapse of deterrence in East Asia. Therefore, we must arm Taiwan to the teeth before it's too late. That's sort of the hard power line of effort. There's other things we need to do to modernize and de-woke our own military so that our enemies fear us and they don't think they can take advantage of us, but I'll leave that at that for now. But secondly, in terms of economic competition, we are going to have to wean ourselves off of our dependence on China in key areas. Think advanced pharmaceutical ingredients, think rare earths, think microelectronics. We just can't allow them to hold us hostage economically because that completely undermines our military deterrent. But part of that is we need to reverse our disastrous energy policy, which is really a gift to Xi Jinping. And that's really a fault line between the parties, despite 
the bipartisanship. Our friends on the left simply have a, a nonsensical energy policy. Finally, when it comes to ideological competition, we have to look internally at the way in which they've used their economic leverage in order to infiltrate American universities, in order to infiltrate nonprofits, in order to silence certain major companies in America into you know, taking a knee for Xi Jinping. We've seen it happen in the sports world, as Clay knows well, particularly pronounced in the NBA. We want American companies to start standing up for American values. If that means we need to understand the nature of something called CCP United Front Work, which is their magic weapon. It's a combination of espionage and influence operations that they use to divide us and convince us to destroy ourselves. We're talking to, we're talking to Congressman Mike Gallagher of Wisconsin. What do you think we would do if China invades Taiwan? And what do you think we should do? I think it depends on whether American lives were lost in the initial salvo. Certainly, every war game I've played, and I've played about 10, involved enormous destruction to our infrastructure domestically, as well as loss of American life. And I think even a reluctant president would have to respond in that case. If they pursue something more gray zone, like a blockade, an economic blockade, uh, or if they just confine conflict directly to Taiwan and try and avoid attacking us or Japan, it might be the case, and particularly if they weaponize supply chain, that this president decides not to do anything. Um, because here's the thing. Imagine or look back to the early stage of the pandemic. The Chinese Communist Party threatened to cut off the export of pharmaceutical ingredients to plunge us into a sea of coronavirus was the phrase that they use. Imagine we get into a conflict over Taiwan and all of a sudden Americans' access to life-saving drugs was compromised. I just don't know how the American people would respond in that case. All the more reason why we should be putting all of our energy and effort into deterring a conflict in the first place. We want Xi Jinping to wake up every single day, look across the strait, and conclude, I, I just can't do it. It's not possible. Today is not the day because a conflict would be very costly. We would quickly accumulate casualties well beyond what we accumulated in 20 years of a global war on terrorism. And right now, our military is going through a readiness crisis. And so we're simply not moving with the requisite sense of urgency, not only to arm Taiwan to the teeth, but modernize our own weapon systems and prioritize war fighting over more bureaucratic or, or woke initiatives. Congressman Mike Gallagher of Wisconsin, thank you so much for all the work you're doing on China. We'll get you on again and uh, keep the pressure up. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. Look, memories aren't the only thing that fades over time. Videotapes, pictures of memorable people, and events, they also fade. Can't help you with everything, but those videotapes, when it comes to preserving your memories and your old photos, we can make those last forever and digitize those old media with Legacy Box. You know, a lot of people out there have a family member who knows everybody in the old photos, who knows everybody in the VHS tapes. But as those family members age, and as they may have their family treasures in the house, maybe it's too hot, maybe it's too cold, maybe that VCR tape is just disintegrating, you don't want your family's history to disappear forever. That's why Legacy Box exists. Legacy Box, in my family, my mom's hometown of Chattanooga, Tennessee, where I spent a ton of time growing up, you know they have more VCRs probably at Legacy Box than almost anywhere else in the entire world, and they have all those different types of VCRs there so they can get your VHS tapes and they can transition it to make sure that it's on the cloud. So you have access to those videos forever because, you know, VHS tapes were not made to last very long. And how many of you even still have a VCR in your home at all? You can get it on DVD. You can get it on the cloud. You can get it on a thumb drive. Regardless, your family's memories are going to be preserved forever. And right now, you can get Legacy Box for 50% off. Here's how you do it. Go to LegacyBox.com slash Clay for 50% off. No telling how long this 50% off sale will go on. So act today, LegacyBox.com slash Clay. Download and use the new Clay and Buck app. Listen to the program live. Catch up on any part of the show you might have missed. Find every podcast as they're released and listen. Find the Clay and Buck app in your app store and make it part of your day. The Hershey Chocolate Company or Hershey Company of... Lancaster, Pennsylvania, right? Founded in the late 19th century. I don't think there's anybody listening to this right now who has not had 
a Hershey's bar. And if you're me, you've had probably far too many Hershey's bars over the course of your life because I like chocolate a whole lot. We talked about that the other day. They also make some other candies and food products. But Hershey's uh, was one of these companies that a town was built around the Hershey factory. It was uh, unincorporated territory. And so it really wasn't even just it's it's along a Disney in those lines that it created its own little world. Um, and you know, look, I'm I'm not gonna lie, I, I I'm not gonna say I'm a chocolate snob. Hershey's is okay, I'll eat it, you know, at a pinch. It's not my favorite chocolate, but it gets it it gets it done. What's Hershey's your favorite ch- chocolate? Oh man, I that's uh if, if you know I actually think dollars in dollars out and the ease of getting it. Lint chocolate all in is just the best tasting chocolate you're going to get. And I know all about Valrona and Maison du Chocolat and all these other things. What and we can about talk Giardelli? about what's up? Giardelli. What do you think about Giardelli? Giardelli out of San Francisco. It's good. It's good. Not my favorite. It's, sol- it's solid. I mean, like, I'm not putting it down. But if you're if you're like if you're somebody who just wants chocolate that tastes like you think it should taste, I think that Lint gets it done for me i've never asked you this by the way we're going to get into this ridiculous uh wokeness from hershey if you're going into a movie theater and you can only get one snack what would you get i can tell you what my two go-to's were as a kid when i used to go to movies and get candy at movies snow caps sour patch kids interesting combo yeah what about you peanut m&ms I still get peanut M&Ms when I go now, and a lot of times I also get you know popcorn. I've got yeah. all the kids, so like the amount of money it costs me to take the kids to go see. I mean, I, I sometimes am in disbelief when we go through the the concession stand. I got all three kids. We went to go see that superhero movie, the Ant Man movie, recently, and I think I spent like sixty dollars in. And, and, and I don't even know how it's possible with the what this stuff costs. And of course, when I was a teenager. I would just sneak everything in, right? Like you go to the gas station, buy whatever you want, put it in your pants, you know, sneak it in. But I so would why go are we talking about Hershey's? Other than the fact that we like chocolate and and we're getting hungry, it's fun to talk about food on a Friday. Uh, because Hershey's in in uh, preparation for its celebration of International Women's Day, which is on March eighth. Which I don't even know that women had an international day. I feel like you know. Okay, fine. There's International Women's Day is a thing, apparently. They have rolled out a series of specific candy bars that are that have the face and the pronouns, I believe, of the of different women. And the uh, the pronouns on one of them is uh, her or rather the, the pronouns they put on are her she kind of play on announcing your pronouns and her she chocolate bars. But what is getting so much attention right now is that one of the women, Clay, is not a woman. Ah. is a transgender woman, an activist named Faye Johnstone. And we can hear this is from the ad, the rollout of this her for she hashtag her for she campaign with LGBTQ advocate and former male, we're told. Faye Johnstone, play clip one. My name is Faye Johnstone. I'm the executive director of Wisdom to Action. We can create a world where everyone is able to live in public space as their honest and authentic selves. See the woman changing how we see the future at Hershey's Canada. So they're doing International Women's Day celebration at Hershey's Chocolate Company, which has been around for 140 years in America. And they're celebrating International Women's Day by putting a man who now claims to be a woman and uh, the fa- you know, his face on the bar and the whole thing. This is this is where we are now with International Women's Day in corporate America. This is a battle that women are going to have to fight at some point, because it's not only that these men are pretending to be women it's that they're immediately adopting the most exaggerated aspects of being a woman. And, I, Buck, I see some of this stuff, and our, our friend at Libs of TikTok will share some of it, and I look at it, and I just think to myself, this is crazy. Men who decide to become women now claim that they have menstrual cramps. Have you seen this stuff? Yes. Like, it's crazy. I mean, we all know that there's this claim that Men can get pregnant, right? I I just I don't know how we return 
to some form of normalcy. Because when I see this Hershey commercial, I think the only way that this ends is if women say, "This is we're not standing for this anymore. Well, I think the first step is we have to say no. We we just we have to actually now no more changing the pronouns around no more. Oh, it's just about being polite. It's not about being polite. This is a political and cultural program of authoritarian madness that is affecting children. Now we just talked about, you know, Gavin Newsom's upset because Tennessee doesn't want minors to generally mutilate themselves or take puberty blockers. Wait, what are the long-term studies on the puberty blockers or the general mutilation? Anybody want to guess? There are none. Because we just started doing this like five minutes ago, basically, in this country, because it's become a fashionable ideology on the left. It is now fashionable for libs to do this to their children, which is why, you know what you never see? You never see two parents who are like, you know, traditional Traditional, uh, you know, old school Americans who say, yeah, you know, I, I vote Republican and I've got a trans child. It's always, you know, the parents are announcing their pronouns. There's always this, you know, oh, wait, hold on a second. You mean to tell me that there's some influence here from the adults who want to tell us that this comes naturally from the children? Anyway, you know, they're telling us now they're trans babies. You know, this This is another thing that they say. I mean, they're trying they, to they just say the doctors the, get the sex of babies wrong. That's right. When they're born. But but I think what you have to see here with the Hershey ad and everything, first of all, it's Hershey's, Disney, Hershey's. Think of the great American companies that come to mind. That's like, oh, we all love Disney. We all love Hershey's chocolate bars. You know, we all love Ford Motor Company, or maybe you don't. But you know what I mean? Like, these are the things that you think of. Iconic American brands. Thank you. Iconic American brands. And they're doing this kind of stuff. And And you have to understand, the reason that the activist left demands things and pushes things like a a male by the way even saying biological male why do we know it's a male a male a male as the representative of the hershey's candy bar for international women's day is that the claim is not this is a person who has a different gender identity so just be nice to this individual and give them the pronouns that they want and treat them with dignity and respect that's the and that was the pitch yes. so that nice people you me and everybody listening to this yeah we treat people with respect we want to be kind to everybody would go along with more and more of this stuff the actual claim clay and people need to understand this and and I know this is crazy it's meant to be crazy is that uh Faye Johnstone is a woman, yes. a woman with period cramps who can get pregnant, who is indistinguishable from other women in our discourse and in our society. That is the most obvious of lies. Yes. And that's why this is this is we just can't keep doing this. Can't keep going along with this. And, and I think ultimately for everybody out there, it's going to take women standing up on this because where are the feminists? Buck, this is why this is the canary in the coal mine moment that I think it epitomizes things so perfectly. Sports. When you have bigger, stronger, faster men who decide to identify as women and then become women's sports champions, which is happening everywhere, your granddaughters, your daughters over the next 10 years are going to be at some point in time, based on how things are going, in their high school league, in their, uh, in their maybe even in in certainly in college, but I think almost every high school league in America is going to have to grapple with the question of what do we do about people who have decided that they are not the gender they were born and the not the gender that they went through puberty as. So you end up with the greatest women's athlete of all time being men. South Park was on this buck 15, 20 years ago, making fun of it and how ridiculous it was. It's now our reality, and it's happening everywhere. And you out there, all these women are going to have to decide, wait a minute, I am woman, hear me roar, or are we just going to let dudes take over many of the traditional aspects of being a woman? I mean, the I, I want women in this audience already know this. The demand of the left right now, the demand of the apparatus of the Dem. Remember, the left and the Democrats is one and the same. These are synonyms, or they're they're you know, it's the same thing. Um, 
the demand is that if I were to decide tomorrow that I am actually a woman and I grew out my hair and I got prosthetic breasts and, and, you know, put like lip in, lip injections yep. into, and, and I, and I put on a dress within six months, maybe within six weeks, it would be appropriate for me to, assuming I was pushing the left wing agenda across the board, go give lectures to women on womenhood. Yes. And I, and the expectation is that women would clap for me. That is what is happening in America today. How about, Six weeks after you become a woman, you could go to the White House dressed as a woman and interview Joe Biden because that happened. Yeah. Yeah. And and go around telling everybody about how amazing it is to be a woman and what it's like to be a woman. And uh, this is this is offensive. Yes. You know, this is offensive to everybody. I mean, this, this is, is where my wife gets basic fired up. Sense She's of, like, of reality. You're going to tell me what it is to be a woman six weeks after you decided that you were a woman when you haven't ever gone through any of the things that being a woman represents. And she gets fired up just talking about, hey, you never as a as a 16, 17, 18 year old or older walked through a parking garage afraid that you were going to get raped like every woman on the planet does. You have had no experiences that actually reflect what women go through on a day to day basis. And suddenly you're the paragon of femininity. You know, they this, see where this all goes in Canada. The teacher with size Z prosthetic <laughs> breasts. Yes. A ma- an adult male walking around with beach balls in a T-shirt <laughs> pretending to be a woman. And the Canadian school district and the Canadian state broadcaster and Justin Trudeau, that vile little. They all were like, yeah, this is fine. <laughs> This is somebody so we living, don't need FCC restrictions. We start talking about Trudeau and Fauci. She is living her truth with giant beach balls as breasts and a wig and like a you know a five dollar wig you'd get at a store. That's a woman now. Oh, you don't think that's a woman? Why? Why can't you get past that? Why are you so bigoted? Those those aren't beach balls. Those are her natural breasts. The whole thing was appalling. Appalling. So this is why, no, no more. No more, oh, it's just about being. No, it is not just about being respectful and kind. We are respectful and kind. How about the other side be respectful and kind to reality? All right, my friends. In the time we've had today, thousands of Americans will have had their online identity stolen. None of them will know about it immediately. They'll eventually find out when their bank calls them about being overdrawn or their credit card gets refused during a meal out. In my case, by the way, I found out about identity theft when I was closing on a house. Yeah, that's not what you want to find out, that somebody has run up a big charge pretending to be you. Online identity theft is a silent crime that happens when a cyber thief gets enough of enough of your information to pretend to be you. And right now during tax season, it's easier for them to do that than ever before. Your best bet is to have LifeLock identity theft protection for everything you're doing online. LifeLock service monitors the web 24-7 looking for evidence of wrongdoing. Their systems know where to look and what to look for. If you do become a victim of identity theft, a dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. That service alone is worth a LifeLock membership. Trust me, I've used it. No one can prevent all identity theft or monitor all transactions at all businesses, but it's easy to help protect yourself with LifeLock. Join now and save up to 25% off your first year with promo code BUCK. Go to LifeLock.com and use promo code B-U-C-K for 25% off. That's LifeLock.com. Use promo code BUCK. Don't miss a minute of Clay and Buck and get behind-the-scene access to special content for members only. Subscribe to CNB 24-7. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. Stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast, and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny. The warmth of Fredo and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carvin and Juni. 
I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos' picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose Podcast. On Purpose is dedicated to helping you be happier, healthier, and more healed. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how he got comfortable with fear, navigating the changes in relationships, and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. This conversation shows a never-seen-before side to Orlando Bloom and his unique life journey. I think we all struggle sometimes to really deeply believe that we are enough that we're valued, that we're valuable. You know, we're imprinted by our parents from the age of zero to seven, right? Mm. I'm constantly trying to go like, how do I detach from my, this idea of what, do, is, that, is that my baggage? I look like my baggage. I mean, I know, oh, okay, that's mine. Let's unpack that. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. I just wanted to be clear that I take no responsibility for the outcome here. Because this reminds me a little bit of in Ghostbusters after Egon tells them about never crossing the streams and total protonic reversal and all life, you know, ending at the speed of light and every molecule in your body uh, exploding. And then at the end, he goes, the only way we can handle this across the streams. Clay has told me his 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 co-host and good buddy advice to me from the very beginning about marriage is your wife is always right. But he's telling me that he wants to step into the Thunderdome right now and tell me about, he says, the one time in his marriage that he was right, and I'm just I'm just stepping away to watch, watch what right. ensues. I'm 100% right. So we were on a family vacation in Michigan. We had, I think, our two youngest, I mean, our two oldest. We had not had our youngest. I'm going to say they were like four and two, right? So two young boys. And they said, hey, we have college girls that work at the resort and will work as babysitters. So to your point that you brought up, Buck, I'm like, okay, I'm not sure what kind of danger a babysitter who is 18 to 22-year-old girl girl who is going to college. If I had to like pick a ideal babysitter, again, on in this resort, we're not going very far. I was like, this seems very safe. We can go out for dinner. Uh, you know, they come to the room, they watch the kids, like everything is great male babysitter shows up i wasn't told that they had male babysitters male babysitter shows up i thought i was being pranked like the guy walks in laura my wife to her credit starts giving like the kids bedtime routine everything else and he looks at me and he says you seem uncomfortable and i said i am i will not leave my boys with a male babysitter and i mean just right then and there and laura was like oh you know like aghast that i would say that and I said, I'm sorry. I'm playing the percentages. I do not feel comfortable with a uh, you know, a man that I don't know watching my kids. I want a college girl. Can you have them send a college girl down here to watch the boys instead? Guy left. Laura was like, I cannot believe that you just did that. I said, I, I will not leave our four and two year old boys with a male babysitter that I don't know. You can call me sexist, you send a college girl down here. We meet her. She seems fine. Everything went fine with the college girl. But, I, like, I, Laura was, I think she would maybe now ag- admit that I was right on it. She would have totally left them. I was like, no, sir, I am not doing this. Can we throw this out to the people, to our jury of America right yeah. now? On who is, I'm just, I'm wondering, for the parents, you got to be a parent, okay? Yeah. For the parents out there, are you with Clay Travis or Laura, Mrs. Travis, back then, she apparently did not agree with him on this one. I I am pleading the fifth. I am pleading the fifth because I have been trained that Clay's wife is always right, just like my wife is always right. So I, I got I'm nothing. I'm telling you. I got I nothing. I, I'm curious what the responses are. I, I didn't feel a bit of uh, a bit of compunction. I didn't feel like I was like, sorry, you're out. Send me the college girl. 
800-282-2882 on those phone lines. It's Friday. Let's t- let's talk, folks. 800-282-2882. Remember about what's going on with the Tunnel to Towers Foundation because this is a fantastic organization that is delivering on its promise day in and day out to do good and never forget the sacrifices America's greatest heroes have made for us. Heroes like U.S. Air Force Senior Master Sergeant Israel Del Toro Jr. He promised his father he'd take care of his family. He promised his son he'd be there as he grew up. When his Humvee exploded in Afghanistan, he suffered severe burns over more than 80% of his body. With only a 15% chance of survival, Del Toro focused on the promises he made. Later, he became the first fully disabled airman permitted to re-enlist and a gold medal winner in the Invictus Games. Now he shares his story to help others. Thanks to the Tunnel to Towers Foundation and your generosity, Del Toro received a mortgage-free smart home. Help our heroes, my friends. We have a sacred obligation to them, and Tunnel to Towers is helping us keep that obligation. Donate today, just $11 a month. Tunnel to Towers at T2T.org. That's T, the number two, T.org. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos' picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. The stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening.